Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 199 of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself. We have the colonel. We have Gables. What's up, buddy? I have a switch! Yeah! <laughs> like a light switch? You got a light switch? You got a new one in your house? Oh, you very well damn know what I mean. I got in the fucking Nintendo Switch today. <laughs> How much did you pay for it on eBay? Oh, man, I did not even remotely <laughs> wanted to touch the eBay stuff. I have been constantly searching. I was constantly searching online for the past month to see if I could find a decent Switch bundle. But... Honestly, I could not find shit because people wanted way too much for that device. At one point, I keep I kept seeing like random scumbag sellers that would be selling the damn thing for like fifteen hundred bucks for the fucking like uh, not only for the console but also for the for the Zelda games like the Master Edition, all those other all the amiibos, all everything else with it stuff. But uh, no, I ended up getting mine today at Walmart. They actually got a new shipment. The supervisor that I talked to. After, like, uh, the whole debacle from earlier on this month. Actually gave me a phone call. They had one set aside for me. She brought it up to the customer service counter. And I paid for that system and went out the store. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> it felt pretty fucking good. <laughs> Could imagine. Well, yeah. It's like, I have been obsessing about this console. A better part of the month, I didn't... I really did not want to invest any other type of games or anything else until I got that Switch. <laughs> so, I'm kind of glad I stuck to my guns. I did this, I did that and stuff. But not only did I get the Switch, but I got the Pro Controller and the rechargeable charge grip. So, everything else I'm pretty much set on, except for, I ended up finding out earlier tonight, the SD card. I'm going to have to go and take a trip to GameStop in order to make sure I got my S my micro SD card because they gave me a forty dollar fucking piece of cardboard and I the am living display with unit. That. <laughs> yeah, the display unit. I gave the dude the display unit, and I guess he must have just gave it right back to me or something without even realizing it because I don't have a micro SD card. I mean, yeah, the thing has an internal like twenty six available gigabytes and stuff, but this is a forty dollar freaking memory card for like. 64 gigs i need uh, that thing gables i would just get one on amazon because i got a 64 gigabyte one for 17 dollars on there really yeah so i would just do that and like pay the four dollars for shipping and you'll get the same size or if not close to it or more for like half the price i could do that or i yeah. could just do it i could also do it on based on principle and stuff like that and just shove that to their face like hey you gave me the display thing for $40. I did not just waste money on that shit just in order for you just to give me a fucking piece of cardboard. What the hell are you trying to do? Steal something from the dumpster and sell it for $40? Come on. <laughs> I, I would I would rather have that piece of cardboard, $40 piece of cardboard, though, than 1-2-Switch. 
(laughs) Well, I wouldn't know. I haven't played that game, but I don't want to. I don't either. (laughs) But I'm good. Yeah, that's good. But we have a man here that has played 1-2-Switch. His name is Troy. What's up, buddy? Haters! Haters! (laughs) 1-2-Switch is a fine game. It's it's a good multiplayer game, and it's a great demonstration of HD Rumble. Fucking one two switch fanboy over there. Look no, it, I mean it's not an amazing game, but uh, I know. I, did I get to tell the story about the guy in class? No. Did I tell that on this yes. show? Yeah, yeah. I think you said, they told us last week. Yeah, yeah, like that's kind of an amazing opportunity to be able to like show somebody like, hey, does does the controller vibrate? Here, let me show you this. Yeah, it was the whole my beer moment. I remember that. Yeah, that was good yeah. times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've actually not been able to play my switch for like three days now and i won't be able to play it again until monday so yeah uh i sent i sent my uh, left joy con off to nintendo to get repaired um so tuesday tuesday i saw online the cnet article uh from uh cnet i don't know who wrote it um but he (laughs) he sent off his controller to nintendo uh, basically called their customer service line and sent it off to have it repaired Prepared and they did it no questions asked so the very next day wednesday i decided to go ahead and do that myself so i called them uh bright and early probably around oh, nine or ten in the morning uh talked to the customer service agent got directly connected to him didn't have to jump through hoops you know usually call some hotline you gotta you know yell at the computer that you want to talk to an operator because it can't understand you anyway uh but i got <laughs> connected directly to a customer service representative who was super nice and super cordial uh he kind of walked me through all the steps the checklist of things that nintendo has well is it next to an aquarium do you have it next to a bundle of wires uh do you have direct line of sight to your console is it not hidden behind your television uh stuff like that and i was like you know yes no 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 you know it, it i understand the issues and i have I'm not having the issues, you know, regardless of these, this litany of things. He's like, okay, well, it sounds like you, you qualify for, for a repair. So let me get you set up. He got my email. I got emailed a shipping label. It was actually a two day, uh, next day air shipping label from UPS. So I printed that off, uh, put my, uh, left Joy-Con in a box, kissed it goodbye, uh, a little note in it you know wishing it well some snacks whatnot uh sealed it up took it to ups dropped it off wednesday afternoon probably around three or four o'clock in the afternoon uh as we record on saturday so yesterday morning i got the email uh confirmation from nintendo that they had gotten my switch and it was in great shape and it hadn't gained too much weight in the trip even though it had all those extra snacks um but they they had it and it was it was in their possession and they were going to begin the the repair process so i was like cool you know that's a pretty good turnaround wednesday evening to to friday morning uh then yesterday afternoon around 4 p.m i get another email saying hey we fixed your uh, joy con and it's on its way back here's the tracking number i was like wow that's really good turnaround so i you know go in and this morning i checked the tracking number and it had actually made it from california to new mexico overnight it's actually sitting in my city right now um the only problem is UPS doesn't deliver on Saturdays here, so I have to wait until Monday until yeah. it's delivered. But I mean, uh, we're talking we're talking Wednesday afternoon to Saturday morning. Basically, was the turnaround time of it leaving New Mexico, going to California, getting repaired, and returning back to New Mexico. Uh, uh, needless to say, I'm super pleased with Nintendo's customer service. Uh, everything about this entire interaction was uh, nothing but cordial. And, like, I mean, that turnaround time, you just really can't be beat. Uh, I imagine if I had actually done the uh, 
the return on Tuesday and got it in the mail on Tuesday, I would have gotten it yesterday, uh, which is literally less than a week turnaround time, which is pretty impressive. So provided that my Joy-Con is actually fixed when I get it, uh, which I have no reason to believe that it won't be, um, I am nothing but super satisfied with Nintendo's uh, handling of this whole left Joy-Con issue. That's cool. That that sucks that one one day one day can you not like go to the UPS store and like pick it up there or not or anything? Uh, so when I lived in Roswell, I actually had the connection. I actually knew a guy who worked for UPS, and I would routinely go down to the warehouse and actually be able to pick up the packages there. But I don't have such a connection here in Las Cruces, so I mean it's not a big deal. I actually busted out my Vita uh, and and played it in the meantime. Like I have no shortage of uh, places to play video games, even though I'm jonesing for some Legend of Zelda. Like I I have plenty of stuff to play to keep me occupied. So. Uh, I'll, I will survive until Monday. But, I, I mean, from what I understand, the, the fix is actually relatively simple. Um, I don't know if you guys read the article, but it's basically a little piece of conductive foam that they stick on the uh, on the circuit board, on the top side of the circuit board, uh, next to the little metal box that well, we've had this discussion before. But that's the problem with these Joy-Cons is that the, the antenna for them is, is printed on the circuit board and it goes down. Uh, instead of up and in the bottom corner on the left Joy-Con there's a little uh, metal box that kind of interferes with that so this conductive foam basically keeps that from being interfered uh, the guy from CNET said that it fixed his problem like no questions asked so uh, I have no reason to believe that mine wouldn't be the same um, also another thing that came out of that whole thing I think Kotaku was able to get a hold of Nintendo to find out uh, even more details about it but apparently they had two different suppliers for the circuit boards for the the joy cons and so one supplier was the ones who had issues uh with their circuit boards and then a lot of people aren't having this issue and they're reporting well i'm not having a problem with it uh that's because those circuit boards actually came from another supplier so only if you your joy con happen to have one of the circuit boards from this first supplier are you likely to run into this issue so uh you know it's it's actually not as widespread as as originally thought and also the nintendo has said that they have taken care of the problem at the source so any joy cons that have been produced and or released uh subsequently uh should be perfectly fine oh good oh that's good for gables then oh it's good for everybody because i mean even if his even if his ends up being you know one of the defective ones he can easily send it off to get it fixed for free and it like said less than a week turnaround and he's got the benefit of he bought a pro controller i don't have a pro controller i rely solely on my joy con so the fact that i don't have the pro controller i've been without my switch for three or four days but uh i mean if if he needs to ship it off that, that it's not going to be a huge inconvenience for him. I mean, it's going to suck to be without a Joy-Con for a little while, but the peace of mind of knowing that you have a, a properly working Joy-Con and it was fixed, fixed free of charge, I think is is uh, a really good thing. Yeah, tar- I mean, they're doing the right thing, so, which is good. They're eating the cost on something they messed up. You know, most, like you talked about at the time, like when, when Apple screwed up with the iPhone 4, it's like, well, don't use it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm glad they're doing the right thing. Um, very cool. That sucks. So you're missing the Splatfest. Um, oh yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, once I once I shipped it off, and then like literally like a few hours later, I see the tweets about oh the Splatfest is this week, and I was like oh, damn yeah, <laughs> I guess I chose the wrong time to send that thing in. But I was actually expecting not to get my Joy-Con until like the middle of next week. So uh, the fact that it's coming back as quickly as it is is good, but yet still not quick enough to to participate in the Splatfest. Yeah, uh, I I tried to participate earlier today. Uh, t- it is Saturday. 
um, and I spent about 20, I was able to do the tutorial and get through that, which is it is almost literally the same tutorial that was in the Splatfest uh, for the first Platoon game, and was ne never able to connect to an actual game. I spent like 20, 30 minutes trying to do that, and no, no luck. Every I try to load it in and say it's getting like loading into a new uh, into a game, and then it just say unable to connect. So I gave up and went back to Zelda. Um, but very cool. Uh, well, you guys want so this week it's gonna be kind of a weird week. We're gonna do what we've been playing like normal, but as far as like there's no real news going on this week. Um, a couple like little things, but not really to talk about. So we thought it'd be fun to do some uh, some like just video game question related questions um, that we're gonna do. We're gonna do that after we do the uh, what we've been playing, which I guess we can jump into now. I should probably just did that first, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, but Gables, what have you been playing? Not including the last hour when you got your Switch. <laughs> well, I dabbled. Or including the last hour. I mean, we, we want to hear about what you've been doing the last hour. That's true. I, actually, I don't, I don't. I saw the unboxing video, and he was getting a little randy. I don't, I don't know if I want to happen the last hour. <laughs> well, anyway, I didn't really get a chance to play anything on the Switch, so there goes that little thing. But I did manage to go through and dabble a little bit with Peggle 2 on the PS4, which the game nice. is, is really fun. It's still fucking fun. I mean, it's like the same as the original Peggle, obviously, but other than that, there's like new characters, new powers and stuff. There's not much to say. It's like a ball-breaking sort of game and stuff where you just go through and just get the orange Peggles and stuff and then just collect it all and get to the little goal and stuff. I actually managed to blaze through that game i am on the little cosmic courses right now but quintessentially i've beaten the game i think but uh so another... so you you break your balls through this game see i i don't know if you've seen my twitter but my actual uh part of my twitter quote is the uh the quote from um uh scarface well all i have in this world is my balls and my word and i don't break them for no one so i'm sorry peggle too but i'm not going to be breaking my balls for you is this like is this like marriage the video game the ball breaker game? Is that what this is? I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but that was that, that was just too easy. Yeah, I know. What else you've been playing? Well, let's see. The Xbox One, I powered on, and I wanted to try to play something different. I mean, I tried playing a little bit of Saints Row Four though, but it was just mostly like me going through the overworld, collecting a little bit of the random shards, just taking out a couple of enemies like alien bases and stuff, but. Uh, it's it's still a load of fun just to go through and just randomly just use super speed and all of a sudden do these random like wrestling moves on the aliens you know like bulldogs and fucking suplexes mm -hmm. and like all this other mm -hmm. shit and that's 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 cool and all but uh, I went through and I started to play Killer Instinct two which was a part of like uh, the actual Killer Instinct Xbox One game and stuff that you would actually get for free from, I think, Season 2, I think it was, or possibly Season 3, I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, I never played that because it was an arcade-only type of game, and they had it on, you well, know, had it for, like, download for free, so I went through the campaign of it as Jago, and my gosh, some of the... It was... It was really difficult, even on the normal mode. <laughs> I mean, difficult as in they, the AI pretty much go through and they can just hit a couple of like uh, various combos and stuff with hardly little effort and stuff. 
The one downfall I could say is there's I haven't really found any type of uh, training mode, you know, where I could just go through and practice certain combos and so on and so forth. It's just basically you're going, you're in the game and stuff in the arcade mode. You have to pretty much figure it out on the fly. And well, that's sort of that's sort of a kind of a bad thing for me in fighting games because I like to practice my combos, make sure I get good enough to where I can go through comparably like on the normal difficulty through the arcade mode. But good part is I've managed to go through it as Jago and try to defeat guys like Gargos and stuff like that. That was just a pain in the ass. I mean, literally, I was on characters like Gargos and like uh, Glacius or Glacia or whatever the hell his name is for a better part of like a <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes because of uh, oh, it's just because of like random combo throwing stuff. I mean, I I'm okay when it comes to playing as Jago and stuff like that, but when it comes to the actual combo sort of moves and stuff i'm not really as used to it but uh, other than that though that's pretty much what i've been playing just little bits here and there well very cool i'm excited for next week uh for you to play breath of the wild yeah uh so i'm curious to get, you know i know i've been wanting to play that for like a month now probably more than a month but oh, yeah. especially since it came out since you actually owned it for like a month but i haven't been able to play it <laughs> um but troy Yes, my friend. What, since you don't have your, uh, you really have on your Switch most of the week. What have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? I actually did get to uh, play some Zelda. Uh, oh, okay. A couple of evenings this week. Uh, it's spring break for me now, so I've actually kind of found some time to to play some games. Uh, things have been kind of rough, uh, you know, trying to get ready for for graduation. So as I go back to school next week, uh, I've got seven weeks until graduation. Um, on top of that, I foolishly allowed one of my uh, grades to slip from an A to a B, uh, which has kind of got me distraught because I'm striving very hard to finish with a 4.0 GPA. So I've got to work my butt off for the next seven weeks trying to recover from that uh, mistake. Um, but I did get to play some Zelda. Uh, I mean, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but I probably have all told maybe about 40 hours in the game. And I've literally done next to nothing uh, to advance the story. <laughs> like, I'm just uh, wandering the countryside, kind of, you know, discovering things, finding Korok seeds and, and uh, shrines. And Whoa. I have no idea what that was. Everybody okay? Yeah, I think so. It was just a big thud. Um, that was. Um, let me go find out what that was real quick, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah you're fine. All right. When the hostages must have escaped. Okay. Gables? I don't know what to do, guys. I don't. I don't know how to record by myself. There's nobody here. What? 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 Sometimes, when no one's around. I asked myself, what would Gables do? Sorry, guys, I'm back. <laughs> You're right. Uh, okay. Good. So, where was I? I was talking about shrines and stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. like, uh, I've been really enjoying uh, exploring uh, the wilderness and everything in Zelda, just kind of coming across things. Uh, super interesting stuff. The shrines are great. Uh, they're almost like, uh, I think we were talking once again before recording, but they're a lot like uh, test chambers in Portal, you know, where you've got kind of individual little things that uh that you got to uh go and, and figure out the puzzle and, and the secret to to knocking out that particular shrine which is pretty dope um other than that after i sent off uh my my left joy con uh i decided on thursday to try and 
get back into streaming because I hadn't done it since before I left to uh, to PAX. Um, so on Thursday, I was like, oh, I'll stream some. Uh, it's actually a really bad decision. Uh, we had a pretty wicked uh, windstorm um, in New Mexico on that day, like 60, 70 mile an hour winds. Um, Damn. And that had a negative impact on my internet. Like my internet is normally, uh, I usually get about 13 megs uh, download and it usually hovers around uh, uh, one meg upload, which isn't great. Uh, so I normally adjust my streaming uh, bandwidth down uh, to compensate for that. And then also to compensate for that, I usually stream older games like uh, when I was streaming Final Fantasy and stuff like that. Um, but so I decided to take a chance and uh, stream some Forza Horizon. So I was playing Forza Horizon 3. Um, which was okay, except that the, the, my internet speed was so crap, I had brought my, uh, my Xbox upstairs and hooked it up to my capture card and run, was running on my PC and all that, but uh, it was dropping frames like crazy. So I decided instead to uh, take the Xbox back downstairs because normally when it's connected downstairs, uh, it's connected hardwired into the, into the modem, into the router. So I'm thinking the speeds are going to be better there. So I just uh, I streamed it from the the built-in Twitch app and uh, the the Connect camera, which worked out a little bit better for me, uh, but it still wasn't great. Like the the image quality was real crap, real uh, um, Minecrafty, uh, as my daughter would say. Um, so I didn't have a lot of people watching me. It was it was kind of unfortunate, kind of a bad time to try and jump back into streaming. Uh, but I still enjoyed my time with Forza Horizon. That's a that's an amazing game series. I I really enjoy, and it was good to jump back into that after it's it's been months since i last played it uh, and then also on my vita i started playing uh hyperdimension neptunia uh kind of a little jrpg that's uh got cute anime girls but it's based off of the console wars so uh these anime girls basically take the form of these goddesses that represent uh, all the different consoles you've got the the microsoft the the PlayStation, the uh, Nintendo, and also uh, Sega. So, like, the main character, she her name is Neptune, which is actually, I think, was the code word for one of the Sega consoles, maybe Dreamcast, if I'm not mistaken. But Yeah, uh, I believe you're right. Yeah, I'm not too far. I think they're always, they're always named after planets, like Saturn and everything. So Yeah, so I'm, I'm not too far into it, but uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. I, I kind of am a sucker for... Uh, for cute anime girls and and then the idea of all the the in jokes with the the video game console wars and stuff like that like it seems like it's going to be pretty good uh for me to play but i I haven't gotten too far into it but that's pretty much all i've been playing well very cool um i have kind of been all over the map a little bit this week um so i don't really know how i'm gonna do all this Uh, i i started off by saying uh, i talked a little bit about horizon last week where i was just kind of roaming the world. Uh, I was only about a third of the way through the the, the main campaign. I actually ended up finishing that on Tuesday night. Um, and the big reason for that is I love the game, and I think I put like the final like they have like when you save it tells you the time, which I always love when games do that. When you save and it tells you how much time you put into the game, I think that should be like a law that every game must do that. Um, but anyways, yeah, I put like 27, 28 hours into it when I was all said and done, and it's a game I don't feel like I'm anywhere close to done with. The only reason I, I finished it was just because I wanted to be done with it because Mass Effect was coming out. Um, but anyways, um, they kind of like, so I, I I spent most of last weekend and most of Sunday um, really 
just going through the main story and uh, the, really you could probably beat the main story I think if you just did the, the main quest um, you could probably might do a little grinding because they, they do tell you like levels that you, they recommend you should be at um, but you could probably beat it in like 10 hours or so I think there's like 20 something 20, 21 or so story missions but um, I think as, as great as the gameplay is and the, the, the combat and everything I think the story actually is better which I didn't think that'd be that'd be possible. I I really enjoyed, like you know, something I talked about before the game even came out. Like, I was really intrigued with the world and how we got to this point. And I had theories, and I think some of it is kind of obvious to what what caused it. But kind of like when you get further into the story, and in the, there's some side quests you can do, like or areas that you can just you can just find these like caverns, basically that, that take you to the old worlds, what they call it, and they're underground, and like you can learn things about, and you find all these. Uh, basically like uh video diaries and they'll and they'll people will talk and you know do basically recordings and like video diaries basically to tell you what's going on like but they're very vague about it they don't tell you a lot um but they kind of give you like little clues and things like that about what's going on with the with the world and uh at the time like a thousand years before that but i i i thought just kind of discovering and learning what happened and um, everything like that is really cool. I, I like that, and some of it, I was, I, a lot of it, I figured out before they revealed it. But I still thought learning it, and some of the twist in there, was it still was effective, um, even though I kind of figured it out. Uh, and I thought the main boss and all that was really cool too. Like this game, the, the final boss in this game is actually really cool. Like in a, in a world, like in a, in a video game world nowadays, where I don't feel like there's a lot of good. Um, boss fights in like the AAA market um, this is definitely one that kind of reminds me of like the generation of old like PS like PS2 Xbox era where like, like I feel like that was like the, the last of like really great um, resolutions to games like last bo boss battle wise um, but it was it was difficult um, it was something they built up to for a long time so it was like as an enemy you've seen before but you really haven't fought him in this way. Um, so I thought all of that worked out really well. And what I loved about it too was like, in a lot of world games start off, you know, you feel, you feel like you're just shooting like a fucking, like nothing weapons, like you're just throwing rocks at enemies. And by the end of it, I feel like a badass. Um, which I always love that about games, where you kind of start from the bottom, and now you're here, to, <laughs> I believe Drake, uh, which hopefully I never do that again in my entire life. Um, as a first... Um, but yeah, no, I, I love the entire aspect of the game. Aloy, I think, is a great character. The characters in the game were really... All the other side characters in the game were really cool. Um, but like I said, I kind of raced through it just get get because of Mass Effect. But I feel like if Mass Effect wasn't here, that I would have... Uh, I probably would still would be at the same point story-wise to where I was. Cause I just love exploring the world. And I looked at the map when I beat the game, and I still haven't even explored about a third of the map. Damn. Um, yeah, so... And it's not like... It, and there's it's not like a huge it's not the biggest world I've ever seen like in a game like there's definitely bigger open worlds out there but I just I love the fact that the world like too many open world games like they have like the, the side quests and like the collectible shit it just kind of feels like tacked on just like we need to fill shit in here and I don't feel like the side quests and the collectible thing the collectible things whatever but like the side quests I feel like there's a reason behind them they don't feel like um like just stupid random fetch quest bullshit like it there's a reason behind it. I think there's a decent story behind most of them. Um, and 
the world doesn't feel empty. Like there's always something going on. Uh, and I love that about it. Like it's there's like around every corner there's something. Sometimes it can be a little annoying if you're just trying to like get to a point. Sometimes and like you like you're like oh shit, I just there's there's fucking two thunder jaws right there and those fuckers ain't no joke. And that's a, and that's another thing I want to mention like some like some of the fight even though as strong as I got like you face some like I was killing like the some of the weaker guys but like some of the bigger ones like the Thunderjaws and a couple other guys I can't remember what they're called but there's these ones that have like these giant like uh, in the backs like these they shoot flames out and you can shoot the back and you like and the, all the like, flames start shooting out of it like all those big one, all those big huge guys like every fight was epic I love that like there was like I was like so like focused in on every single battle like whereas like there was like no wasted motion like it was um like, like Dark Souls-esque I feel like even though I don't like those games, but like, it, it wasn't like hard, like hard like that game. But it was, but it was at the same time. Like every, like every time you defeated one, you, you felt like you accomplished something. And I like that about that game is that uh, every every battle there was a bit of a challenge to it, and I thought that was cool. Um, but still, felt like a badass at the same time. So great game. Uh, kind of rambled all over the place with that, but there's a lot of good things about it, and I really don't have too many negatives really at all. To say about it, and if the negatives I do have are nitpicky, um, but yeah, great one. Of the easily the best game I played this year, um, and what has been a strong first few months of the year. So that's not the first time in the last two hours I've heard almost that exact same uh, description of the game. Uh, that oh, wow. you know there there are a few problems, but they're all nitpicky. Like there's definitely more good than bad. I definitely look forward to playing this game for sure. Uh, everything I've yeah. heard of it, it sounds amazing. I just don't have the time to put into it right now. Yeah, and uh, it's just kind of like basically the, for me, it's like a game like it took what free time I did have, it took it <laughs> from me for the last uh, couple weeks. So, um, kind of jumping into the next thing, uh, but I was mentioning Mass Effect came out Andromeda. I only played the first few hours of it. I basically beat the first uh, like mission that you start off with is ma- mostly mainly a tutorial setting up the characters and the what's gonna be the the main story and the main quest of the game, but. Um, the gameplay and is all is fine. It's not at, like you, there's been a lot of reports out there about um, the story isn't very good and the characters aren't very good. And I really haven't got that deep into it, but you could definitely tell like the 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 writer, the at least the son, I think his name's Scott. He's just a face you want to punch. Which I don't <laughs> think it's really good. But it's like he's, he reminds me of like that douchey guy in high school, and then we all know a guy, a douchey guy in high school. Mm. They just want to walk up and just punch him in the face. And he has that. And he has, like, this, like, like he's trying to grow a beard, but he, he's super young. Or he's, like, he thinks he's cool because he can grow some facial hair. Like, a little tiny bit. It's all patchy and shitty. And I just want to punch him really fucking hard. <laughs> I don't know why. But it's not good when he's a main character and you're setting this up for a trilogy. Which it seems like they're doing. Not a good thing. Um, but anyways, uh, other than that, I, I you know, I feel the combat is really good so far. It... it Seems like they have kind of stepped it up from Mass Effect Three, where it's Mass Effect Three at that point was basically Gears of War um, with some uh, biotics like powers and shit. Um, but that felt fine in the couple hours of that. But the the main story so far has not kind of captured me like I thought Mass Effect One like got me like just like that after the first mission. This has not got me at all. Um, and there's been a lot of bugs. Like at one point, I actually paused the game. And I was reading some, uh, like, they have, like, a lot of journals and stuff you can read. And I was trying, like, I want to know about, like, why we're here. Like, because it just starts off with you, like, 
634, they've been in stasis for 634 year, uh, years. And they get to Andromeda and it wakes up. And that's how it starts. And it doesn't really... You get a little bit of, like, backstory from, like, as they're getting ready to, to go to this, this planet. But I'm like, I want to know more about it. Like, that's one of the things I love most about the Mass Effect games. Was, that was one of the rare games that actually go in and read the journal entries and learn all about, like, the characters. Like, the, like what they were like before we inter- they were introduced. And uh, the world you're, you're going to and why we're doing... Why we're going to Andromeda. And... After about two minutes of like reading some of the journal entries, all of a sudden I get like a game over kind of thing, and it's like you're dead, and I'm like what? So basically, the game, after two minutes of being in the the in the pause screen, actually started actively happening again, and some enemies came and killed my guy while I'm in the pause menu. Huh? Yeah, that sucks. So that happened. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, whatever. That's I know there's some bugs there, and then a few times we're like, there's another point where I actually paused, and came back and my character wouldn't move I could move the camera around but I couldn't move him so I had to actually back out of the game go back into it and start over again and then it happened to me again while I was but I wasn't paused I was just running around and all of a sudden I just couldn't move anymore but all my, my other characters were moving around still my group my, my group members so this game's got some problems that's one of the first couple hours Like, and I've already had to reset the game uh, twice three times you include the time that I got killed for no reason um, so I'm jump back into Zelda. I'm not going to talk about it too much because I've only played it for a few hours. But I think my plan was to be was to go through Horizon and then go through uh, Mass Effect and then finally go through Zelda. But I kind of want to wait on Mass Effect because um, it's just at this point it's I mean it's a couple hours in and it's that buggy, uh, a lot of problems. Maybe in a few weeks if I'm still if I'm done, if I'm done with Zelda, say in a few weeks, then hopefully there's some patches in there and make it a little run a little better. I don't know. But I feel like I'm just going to go back to Zelda now and let Mass Effect sit, which sucks because I've been looking forward to this game for five years, basically. Maybe jump but, back into Horizon and do some more exploring. Yeah, maybe that could be the case, but I also have Danganronpa 1 and 2 sitting here. Uh, um, that I want to play. Final Fantasy 15 sitting there. Resident Evil 7 sitting there. Uh, <laughs> so I got a lot of shit to play. So I'm, I'm, it might just end up being a game I get I get to and after those games. I don't know. Maybe by, maybe by May or June or something like that or late April, whatever it could be. There's some patches in there that makes it run a lot better, but I'm definitely going to wait because, like I said, the, the story isn't really capturing me anyways, and then the deal with I don't really want to fight a game uh, that's got a lot of bugs in it as well when I have a plethora of other games to be playing. Yeah, I think I tweeted out something about that because everyone was freaking out about the 7 out of 10 yeah. scores that it was getting, and it's like, yeah, you know, like 7 out of 10 is a good score. You know, it's it's not a bad score. I'm not saying no. the game's bad, but I have like 8, 9, 10 out of 10 games in my backlog. So I don't necessarily have time to devote to a 7 out of 10 game when I can go back and play one of these games that, that is uh, objectively uh, considered in a better shape than, than Mass Effect Andromeda is currently. Yeah. Uh, especially for like someone like you that hasn't, like, you haven't played any of the Mass Effect games, so you don't really have any... Yeah, I don't have nostalgia or... like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's... Yeah, and... Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> but anyways... I... Cause I, you know, I love Mass Effect. Whatever. Anyways, it's killing me. Uh, yeah, that's it. Hurts. I can go on for 20, 30 minutes about about that, but I'm not going to. Uh, we don't have the time. We have other things to talk about. Um, so, like I said earlier, for no reason, um, no, not a lot of news this week. Um, so we are just going to be talking. Of, uh, we got some topics here to, to discuss. Uh, all of them are video game related. Uh, I think I have like there's like I think there's like a baker baker's dozen there, which is pretty cool. Um, it's a good solid number. Um, 
what we're going to do is we're kind of going to go around circles. We're each going to pick a to uh, pick a topic, and we'll discuss it. And we'll just kind of keep going until we either run out of uh, questions or we run out of time. Um, so, would any of you guys like to go first? Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, let's see. Okay. The, one of these that jumped out at me. Uh, let me think. Hold on, just a sec. Um, okay. I'm gonna tr grab the, like the super obvious one, uh, the, but it was the one that I thought of uh, whenever this came up. Was the if you could only play one gaming franchise for the rest of your life, what would that gaming franchise be? Your uh, desert island uh, franchise, if you will. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I think I'll answer this one first. Um, the easy one, the, the obvious thing would be Madden for me, just because I put like 200 hours into that game every year. But I don't want to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from the obvious. I think if it wasn't Madden, it would probably be Metal Gear Solid. If I can just take. Uh, okay, so quick, you know, this wasn't really in it uh, when I typed in there. But are we talking future releases as well, or are we just talking what's currently out there? Um, Should we do current? Current games only? Well, with Metal Gear, I feel like those two answers are the same. Yeah, it's true. I mean, <laughs> survive could be really good, man. It could be. I'm not holding <laughs> well, out hope. No. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I think my, my answer would be Metal Gear Solid. And people have listened to the show for a long time know it's my favorite game, gaming franchise ever. Uh, but yeah, that... Uh, just I, I I've beaten Metal Gear Solid one like fifteen times, uh, Metal Gear Solid two and three probably half dozen times each, and Metal Gear Solid four just the once. So I've been wanting to go back to the game forever, and I feel like Metal Gear Solid five alone, I could probably put two hundred plus hours in that game, um, and be and still not see everything. Uh, still only probably do everything once. I I have uh, put over two hundred hours into that game and still have not oh, seen shit. and done everything. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's crazy. That, that that's one of the games probably like I put the most hours in. That's not Madden. I put like I think like, oh, oh, close to sixty hours in that game. Uh, I can actually pull that up on my Steam real quick. I can tell you exactly how many hours I've spent oh, in that game. Uh, go but, ahead and um, keep talking. No, so that would be that probably be mine. And plus, I never beat the original Metal Gears. For um, I'm not I'm not gonna play Metal Gear, Metal Gear Two for NES because. Uh, oh, mistaken. Uh, I have 163 hours in a Metal Gear Solid 5 so far. Fucking slacker. But I still have not done close to everything in that game. Yeah, that, that game is amazing. Um, but yeah, like I know, like I said, I never played the, the original Metal Gear game. I played, so played them, but I never beat them. So I think it'd be fun to I'd play through those games eventually too. Um, so I, yeah, I think that'd be my answer would just be uh, the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Metal Gear franchise, I mean. So. Cool. Gables, what is your Desert Island video game franchise? Well, that's just the thing. I'm thinking about it. I have a bunch of games where I would consider to be like just Desert Island sort of games. So if out of all the other ones, I would probably pick a Pokemon game. I'd probably pick like either... Well, you could take the entire franchise, not just well, I could. a single game. I could, but the one I probably would pick would probably happen to be... Um, Pokemon Yellow be perfectly honest. Oh, okay. Why? Because it's it's the type of game where I could just easily go back to and just uh, go through and play. I could spend a better part of nine hours playing the game and then just put it down for uh, quite a while, do whatever the hell I need to support the island or whatever the hell. Or I could go through and try to capture all the other stuff by using glitches, by using whatever type of things. 
And probably, I probably would Catch yourself an unknown? <laughs> catch myself an unknown. Or do like a bunch of Mewtwo tricks or what other type of things where you could just uh, catch random Pokemon by doing a weird sequence inside the programming gen- like genetic yep. stuff. <laughs> the programming. I ruined code. my 90 plus hour uh, save file for, for Pokemon Blue back in the day by catching an unknown. Oh man, I could I could have you know me. I could have also said Pokemon Blue as well because it's like, oh man, I recently like recently in the span of like a year or so ago when the Pokemon games came on eShop and stuff, I went through Pokemon Blue like within nine hours or something like that because I I knew what party members I wanted to play as. I purposely did not catch any more than I had to, and I went through and I beat every single trainer. Me and my party actually went through, got up to around the mid-50s to about the early 60s and stuff, and steamrolled through the Elite Four and uh, the Champion and stuff. Yeah, I personally did not think I was going to take that long to beat it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I actually kind of surprised myself, because normal Pokemon playthroughs for me is like 20 plus hours, you know? But yeah, that's definitely a Desert Island game for me. That'd be the one Pokemon Yellow. Nice. So, what about you, Troy? my Desert Island game, I kind of went back and forth through three uh, during the course of listening to you guys talk. Um, like, initially, I was thinking maybe uh, a, a racing sim. Uh, now, it would probably be one of the Forza games. Um, even maybe Forza Horizon, uh, something like that. But then I thought, that, well, that could maybe get stale. I mean, even like, I love Forza. I love, you know, doing uh, countless laps around a track uh, especially real world tracks like i mean we're talking like the nurburgring in germany uh mazda raceway laguna seca in monterey california like i've done hundreds and thousands of laps around these tracks and i could probably continue to do hundreds and thousands of laps around them i mean i have them memorized uh but i think after a while that might get a little old um another franchise that jumped into my head was the grand theft auto franchise which is also one of my all-time favorites uh that one you kind of get the benefit of having sandbox you know you just kind of screw around and do whatever the hell you want you know uh you can be doing sick tricks or seeing how long you can survive with a five-star wanted level or you know a bunch of different stuff like that which would kind of be cool you know kind of the oysters you know the world is your oyster and you can do whatever you want uh but i think my answer would actually be XCOM. um oh wow I feel like uh, that that turn-based tactical strategy, um, kind of different uh, uh, different ways of playing. Especially if you go back to the classic XCOM, where like you can literally set up a, a your bases anywhere you want, uh, and you're micromanaging, you know, economy and 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 all that stuff. Um, I think something like that would be something that could definitely keep me busy for many many hours. Um, and yeah, I would probably get a lot of enjoyment out of that. So that's where I think I land is on the XCOM franchise. Would be my Desert Island video game franchise. Wow. That's cool. I like those games, but they're just there's a little too uh, deep for me. Like, yeah, especially the original I'm ones. Like, I mean, they're the, the, like these newest ones simplified the XCOM formula down quite a bit as opposed to the original XCOM games. But also on top of that, that that leaves me uh, just picking the XCOM franchise that leaves me with no less than like six or seven different versions of the game that I can uh, uh, d- dive into that will each have probably hundreds of hours of entertainment in them. Yeah. I didn't, 
So the XCOM game for 360 was simpler than the other ones? Oh, absolutely, yeah. The original XCOM Holy games shit. on the PC were super in-depth. And we were talking about the original XCOM UFO defense. Then they did XCOM Terror from the Deep, which is basically like underwater in the oceans and stuff like that, which is pretty dope. Uh, they had an XCOM Interceptors game, which I never actually played, but, I mean, that uh, ostensibly has, like, aerial combat as the focus. Uh, yeah, like, that. the original XCOM is, like, super in-depth. Uh, you definitely get to micromanage the economy and your research and uh, and your bases. Like, you're building out bases literally like you pick which square the hangar goes in. You pick which square your, you know, laboratories go in. Like, like it's, it, it was definitely simplified when they brought it to consoles with the newer generation of uh, the last two XCOM games. Uh, those original games were super in-depth. Damn. So I, I played XCOM 1 on 360, and that game was a little... Too difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, no, and <laughs> yeah, they simplified it a lot. That's okay. Wow. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad that's a that's a franchise I never got into. Then, <laughs> um, Gables, do you want to pick the next topic? Yeah, sure. Okay. So my question is, what triggered you into getting into retro gaming? You know, retro game collecting more specifically. So pretty much, this question is kind of like a. <laughs> kind of only appealing towards myself and possibly Troy and stuff, since Tyler doesn't really keep a lot of, like, legacy games and stuff, but, uh... Hey, I have, uh, Battleborn. That came out last May. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's retro AF. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But, anyway, for myself, I mainly went into retro gaming pretty young, and that was around... When I was, like, 13, I started to collect random older consoles that I liked, I had inherited my brother's, my older brother's Sega Genesis console. I had a couple games with that, which was just basically both NBA Jam games and stuff. So, so periodically as I was getting older, going through high school, I started collecting things. I got an NES, I got like a Super Nintendo. I found an actual working Super Nintendo from a pawn shop around 2003, 2004 that had like Street Fighter 2 and all this other shit. And, uh, yeah, as uh, progressively I went on and stuff, I started to understand that the reasoning why I started to get into it was I loved the idea of having a bunch of options, hearing from a bunch of older gamers that there are specific consoles that people love to play back in the day, like, say, the Nintendo Entertainment System or the Sega Dreamcast or this and that. At one point, I did have a bunch of variety of consoles and stuff, but because either I had to move, I had to get rid of get rid of some stuff and subsidize and stuff, but I really just like the idea of just playing an old console on the original system, having it connected to my TV and stuff, and just enjoy something that, you know, probably would not have played otherwise if it originally came out. So, as it is currently, I have... I have a couple of decent games thing for like PS1. I got a bunch for PS2. I don't have any PS3 games anymore because I got rid of the PS3 like a couple of years ago now that I think about it. But uh, I have my NES, Super Nintendo. I have my <laughs> I have my Fire N64, <laughs> which that's one of my key ingredients. That's one of my key things in my collection. I have my uh, big old literally it's supposed to be fire red or something like that but it's more of an orange sort of n64 console controller and stuff like that i love that because i hear that that's probably one of the rare rare type of models to get 
<laughs> from the colored scheme things. One of the commons, like the kind of like the Arctic blue or a lot of the mango kind of colored ones. But let's see. I have my Game Boy Pocket, my Game Boy Color. I did own a PSP at one point. Had a bunch of games for it, but because of the UMD stuff, I really just didn't want to deal with a lot of the collection stuff. So I ended up getting rid of that and traded everything in towards a Vita, which, hey, I still have a Vita and a slew of games, and I played the hell out of that when... The, the original dog face uh, system. Yeah, pretty much. The yeah. PSP was sort of a dog face system. <laughs> but, uh, oh boy... There's just a bunch of things that I've collected from retro games to retro consoles. And just going through the past couple weeks, talking with one of my supervisors that works with the online things for Goodwill and stuff, she was actually kind of interested in like some of the knowledge that I had for uh, my dabbings and sort of video game collecting stuff because she she knows a lot about like some of the online, a lot of the other merchandise stuff, but not so much video gaming she actually showed me this entire complete list that she printed off like a couple of years ago in 2015 where she had all these gaming systems and all the prices of specific games and stuff. And I named a few off the top of my head, which I knew, which were like things which were right almost at the top of the lists that she had and stuff. So it's like that kind of got me into looking into the prices of certain retro games and all of a sudden it's like in the past couple weeks and stuff I really wanted to see if I could get myself another Sega Saturn or get myself a Dreamcast or something like that and start expanding because those are the two consoles that I used to have that I don't have because of one reason and that's finding games for the systems themselves at a cheap and affordable price. There are for both the Saturn and the Dreamcast, but if you want some of the higher end games and sort of the Sega Dreamcast, well, not just a Sega Dreamcast, but uh, the Saturn I was referring to, some of the higher cost games, let's say Panzer Dragoon Saga, which I've checked earlier on today, there are some listings that go for $500 for just that one game. Yeah. <laughs> it just brings back a lot of like good nostalgia stuff, but uh, but originally what got me into just doing the whole retro game collecting is having a bunch of options, trying a bunch of different games I wouldn't have not done when they originally released, and pretty much I just want to have as much enjoyment just collecting old stuff that I like. <laughs> I've always been a collector of something, you know? If it was toys, it was video games, it was like uh, movies, TV shows, hell, I got a complete collection here of like Naruto manga that I've been that I collected since like 2005 and I have like 72 73 novels on my bookshelf right now <laughs> oh that's just me in a nutshell but so before we move on though let's roll this in we'll do a two point B on this one what retro console do you want the most that should be a quick one okay Gables tell us right now I actually want the Sega Dreamcast <laughs> why do cool. I want the why do I want it? It's like, Marvel's is Capcom 2. That's a great game. Soul Calibur. Great game in and of itself. Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Even though they've had ports on the PC and on the GameCube versions, those ports were actually not the best in terms of what the Dreamcast versions had originally. So, I really want to play those games. I want to also play games like Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, all those 
old classics that I missed out on when it released. Because that's the thing about the Dreamcast. It was only out for like about a year and a half before it bombed. So, yeah, that's mine. What about yours? Cool. <laughs> so I'm going to go through and answer the first part. Uh, what triggered me into retro collecting? I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily directly a retro collector. Um, I am. I have the, the issue of I don't like to get rid of things once I have them. So I, I have... Uh, two PlayStation 3s. I have two PlayStation Vitas. I have two 3DSs. Um, I have... So we get, get going back further. I had two PSPs that I ended up getting rid of. One, because I traded it in to get my Vita, because I got a $100 credit on my Vita on launch day to get that. And the second one, because I gave it to my stepson when he was moving away to Italy so that he had something to play. Uh, so that's the reason why I don't have a PSP. I've actually recently been thinking about going back and getting a uh, the PSP Go. Uh, because I really want to play a lot of the like the Metal Gear Acid uh, games I've been craving to play lately, and also uh, Valkyria Chronicles Three, which was only available in Japan. Um, they actually have a uh, English language patch that you can patch into that game. So I was thinking of getting a PSP to download that game and then patching it, rather than doing the whole uh, pirating. You know, I could probably pirate and emulate it, but I don't really want to do that. I want to pay for the game through the Japanese PSN store, uh, download it, and do whatever mods I need to to be able to play it in English. Um, I have my Game Boy Advance SP, which is uh, really dope. Um, I have my GameCube. I have an N64. I have the yeah. Wii. I have the Wii U. Um, I have um, I have a Sega Dreamcast. Uh, that's awesome. definitely uh, an awesome system for me to own. Uh, I'm trying to think back. Um, I think that might be close to it. There might be one or two that I'm missing. Um, but I'm not necessarily drawn to go back and get like a Super Nintendo. I think it would be pretty dope to have one. But uh, my big draw for, for retro gaming is just being able to play a lot of those games that I missed out on. Yeah. And f- Fortunately, there's a lot more options nowadays to go back and play like Chrono Cross and and, uh, Chrono Trigger and and all these great games from the past that I missed out on. Um, So there's less of a draw for me to go and find those consoles just as long as I can play those games, you know, that I missed out from the past. Uh, My biggest issue is I don't like to get rid of things once I have them. Um, So, you know, like I'm I'm reluctant to go and and get rid of even one of my PS3s, Um, you know, like I'll have it till it dies. And one of them is probably literally on its last legs. And every time I turn it on, it's a ticking time bomb. Um, But (laughs) Like my draw is not necessarily the collecting of the the retro consoles, but I mean it's cool to have those consoles. Every few months, I do go down the rabbit hole of searching eBay for you know some of the the, the Dreamcast games that I'm missing, you know, just because it'd be totally dope to have them. Um, there's actually a guy who who has created a uh, a solid drive that basically replaces the disk drive in the Dreamcast, so you can use an SD card and it it'll load games off the SD card so you can uh, rip the ISOs from the games that you own and you can put them on this SD card because the thing about the Dreamcast the drive on it especially if um, a lot of people because the discs are real similar to CD-ROMs but they're not CD-ROMs so a lot of people will burn the the discs onto CD-ROMs but something about the way the CD-ROMs work it actually screws with the laser on on the Dreamcast and eventually the drive's just going to 
stop working. Uh, so it's it's basically like a ticking time bomb in and of itself. So uh, the idea that somebody's gone and made something so you can use physical flash media to hold all your, your Dreamcast games uh, is a really cool concept. It's kind of expensive, but it's something that I've kind of looked into is like, you know, this would be a really cool thing to have. That way you still have the, the original shell of the Dreamcast uh, and you're able to play all the Dreamcast games on the original system, but uh, maybe you can work around the the, the fact that the that the disk drive itself is is kind of uh, a weak point in that system. Um, I love having, you know, my N64. I think the only games I currently own on it are GoldenEye and uh, Mario 64. But, you know, it's cool to have, you know, and, and if I ever feel like you hooking them up uh, and playing them, that's that's a really cool to have that option. Uh, but I also like the fact that I have the uh, uh, Rare Replay on the Xbox One so I can go back and play Banjo-Kazooie and all those games and not have to worry about trying to find physical copy of them. Um, so, uh, it's not necessarily the retro game collecting itself that, that's really the draw for me. It's, it's, the the fact that I am able to go back and play all these games that I missed out on. Um, and, and I'm fortunate enough to have like the, the PlayStation Vita has such a huge library, um, available to it through PS1 classics and stuff, things that I can download and play on my Vita on the go, all these great games, like the final fantasy games that I never actually played when I was younger that I can now go back and, and revisit. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, I may or may not increase my retro console collection, uh, just depending on what, you know, comes around. Um, but just the idea that, that I can play all those old games is, is really the draw for me. Um, if I did though, uh, had to pick a retro console that I want the most, uh, it would either be the PSP go, which I've, I've been kind of looking into trying to get my hands on or a, uh, Game Boy micro, uh, Oh yeah. I've actually held one of those things. Those are not too bad. My little brother, because he's such a, like a, he always loves his little Nintendo systems and stuff like that. So I actually had a chance to check out the Game Boy Micro and stuff. And the thing is really cool, but at the same time, it's like, because I'm kind of farsighted and stuff, it's really hard to concentrate on anything on the device itself. <laughs> yeah. It's such a cool concept, though, to have such a small little device. I mean, it's it's barely bigger than the Game Boy Advance cartridges that oh, it yeah. plays. You know, like, it's it's insane that, that all that comes in such a small package. So those the are the two thing- things that I'd probably go after. Save it's the only thing bigger uh, that's that's smaller than the Joy-Con. There you go. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. very true too. And you know, another system that I've thought about maybe delving into really much was like the TurboGrafx-16 because I've never actually got a chance to play some of those. I mean, hell, you had the game things on Hue cards and stuff, which kind of fascinates me that there's games on those actual little like uh, those interchangeable little cards that you just like slide into the system and stuff like that and all of a sudden it's like you could play games like say Bonk's Adventure or Bomberman 94 or maybe Dungeon Explorer if you really wanted to or even Devil's Crush I mean Devil's Crush is a great game I remember playing that for the virtual console and stuff but yeah it's just stuff like that that just fascinates me some of the old yeah, history so... from it Tyler do you have an answer uh, for either of these questions uh, what is the virtual boy the vir- oh, <laughs> what is the virtual boy yeah, like <laughs> no real reason. That's your just, that's is... your uh, your Jeopardy answer or what? Yeah, it's either that or the Jaguar. I just want the shittiest console ever made. Um, it's one of those two. I think that would be the Apple <laughs> Pippin. Now that I think about it, but at the same place, <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of real sketchy, sketchy consoles that came out in the early '90s when everybody was trying to get their hands on the console market. That's true. There's probably some serial company out there well, that made a I, video game console. I'll probably get. I think I think one of the shittier consoles. Now that I think about it, probably is. Either the Atari Jaguar or possibly even, I'm trying to think here, maybe the Panasonic 3DO. 
that I think. Yeah. About. Oh no the, way. The Philips CDI. Want, that's another one that's pretty rough. Poss- yeah, possibly too. I mean, I'm thinking- if I, if I want the. If I want the shittiest console I made, I'll just get the Wii. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> it's also the best-selling console ever made. Well, I'll tell you no, what. No, never uh, mind. The PlayStation 2, I think, is actually the best-selling console ever made. Yeah, it's like number yeah, two. Yeah, it actually is. The PS2, then you had the Wii and stuff like that. But uh, um, unless it's, it's not like, say, like the... Oh, God. What was that? The, the Panasonic 3DO, which actually... <laughs> Believe it or not, they had some software foreign games on there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Sega CD was the same, right? They had like, uh, oh, yeah. was it yeah. Night Plumbers Trap? Yeah, has... Night Trap was one of those things, though. But I'm talking about, I, I've actually seen some of these on YouTube, too, where it's like, there were Panasonic 3DO games because, well, that were kind of softcore porn stuff because they didn't have, like, tied, like, I think it's because they didn't have, like, tied licensing stuff or something on some of these games so that anybody can make their own pretty like type of game to put on the system itself and so it's hilarious because you'll actually see like these fmvs and stuff like that of like certain like softcore porn sort of like games being put on there and their direct purpose was just to go through and watch them kind of like how you would say pornographic like vhs tapes and this but it was just it's kind of like before the dvd thing started started like going and becoming popular it's really funny just saying shit like that (laughs) cool tyler next question all right, I've been looking here, so... <laughs> you had plenty of time uh, to look. Yeah, um, I had a few in my head. You know what, I'm going to just pick one here. Uh, so, if you can go... You get the little the little flashy light thing from Men in Black. For you kids that don't know, there was, a, there was a trilogy called Men in Black. And a thing that can erase your memory to, back to a certain point. They get to pick the time. So, if you can erase one video game um, out of your memory and play it over again for the first time, what game would it be? Hmm... If you guys need a minute, I can I can go first. Go I I have an answer. Okay, good. <laughs> I would go with your Desert Island game. I would go with Metal Gear. Oh. Like I Oh nice. I have played all of the games at this point and once just like you it's pretty much my my all-time favorite video game franchise. The problem is is that there's not a whole lot of replayability in that and once you kind of delve deep into the Metal Gear lore, like I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on, you know, the entire lore is as crazy convoluted as it is of metal gear um once you know that knowledge you can't take it back uh and so if i could i would probably erase my memory and go back and start metal gear all over again and just to experience all that uh craziness uh over again you know not knowing what i know now yeah it's all nano machines man (laughs) the nano machines are what's gonna erase my memory so that i can go back there you go um what about you gables do you have one or do you want me to go Go ahead and go next, Tyler. Okay. Um, so for me, for for the longest time, for nearly a decade, it would have been the Mass Effect. Uh, just playing the first one over again. Now, think, now it's uh, just Andromeda, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I could erase the fact that there's ever a fourth Mass Effect game, that'd be great. Um, but my answer, I think, now would actually be, and this one's really recent. Uh, it's a game that came out a few months ago. I'd love to play Last Guardian again. Huh. Uh, to experience... Uh, that story and those characters and just the dealing with the nine years of hype and hoping and wishing and thinking it was gone and then it's now it's here and then all oh, got delayed again then all oh, got delayed one more time uh, if I could just go back to that day when I when I when I came home from work and the box was sitting on my, my front porch and I had the the statue and I'm like okay it's in my hand is this game good 
and then to play it again for the first time uh, and experience that story and those characters and that world and that environment over again, that that's yeah, I, so you, I would love to. You wouldn't want to erase yeah. the nine years of waiting and hype. You you'd literally no. just go back to the the moment that you started playing it. Yes, because I think the the nine years of waiting and hype is what made the the impact of that game being so good to me. Anyways, being one of the best games of all time to me uh, is what makes that um, what it is. I think all the the nine years of frustration uh, and everything um, is what makes that. Uh, it makes it more important to me uh, than it would maybe would be otherwise. Cool. Yeah. So, Gables, you? You know, I've nailed it down to three. I'm just going to name the one that I feel probably be the most impactful here. I would say Chrono Trigger. Oh. Well, why... Your favorite game of all time? Well, yeah, it is, actually. It's one of my favorites of all time and stuff. <laughs> That's the thing, Troy. We went through so much of, like, our top games of all time during one podcast. Top 30 list. Yeah, our top 30 list and stuff. It literally took me about a few weeks just to get things labeled down because I had listed literally almost over four, three or 400 games. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But, uh, but uh, anyway, I the reason why I say Chrono Trigger, it's because, in my honest opinion, it's the total package of what a masterpiece of a video game should be. It has great story. It has great gameplay. It has good development. Art style's fantastic. Musical score fits well with the environments in terms of events that go on and stuff there are little bits of mystery and intrigue that you gotta where you're going through there are different types of options to play through this game you could technically go to the final boss from like uh, the first couple hours of the game and stuff like that and just go and try to beat him and stuff let alone you die a couple dozen times though but the option that you can actually go to the final boss and that far in and stuff kind of is intriguing to me in that certain point right there for an epic RPG. But it's just the fact that you go through and you have characters like Chrono, like characters like Frog and stuff like that, and uh, Merlin and like Luca and stuff, and Robo and stuff, going through, learning all these different types of techniques and using all these combo moves and stuff on enemies and stuff. It is also one of those first RPGs what I really uh, got into around i would kid you not i think i did a full playthrough of this back around 2010 maybe 2009 it was around the time the ds version came out because i never played it through on the original super nintendo but i have that card now and i could very well do that if i wanted to but uh yeah just going through that game and just learning a bunch of the techniques and how how just engrossing the game was and it did exactly what very few games do to me whenever I hear a great musical score and stuff. I just leave the game on pause or on standby, and I just go in, I just listen to the music. Because it's so engrossing, it's memorable, and it's like... It's just fantastic in terms of that type of appeal, for my honest God of things. But if I were to just, just like go through and just erase my memory of that game and play it through for the first time today, I probably would probably I would probably feel the same way that I would about it as say some other games that I've played in the past, like Castlevania, like Persona Four, like all this other stuff. <laughs> so yeah, Chrono Trick would be mine. Very cool. Uh, Troy, your, uh, it's your turn to pick. My first. turn to pick. I'm going to go with if you had to name your next pet after a video game character, what would you pick? <laughs> Oof. Master Chief. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Master Chief, you urinated everywhere. 
<laughs> nah, nah, but really. <laughs> but but seriously though. Oh. Anybody have an idea? I when I got my dog uh, Louie about a year and a half ago, uh, my parents gave it to me for Christmas. I um, I actually wanted to name him. I had two names in mind, uh, either Ganon or uh, Captain Toad, and both are vetoed. Uh, so if Captain if I had Toad. to pick one, uh, it would probably be Captain Toad or um, your Ganon. Your parents reserved naming rights. That's kind of yeah, messed yeah. up. I know, right? They had. I don't know. I must have given them veto power. I don't know. It was a. It was. It was an emotional moment. The family dog. I probably fucked up. I gave him too much power. So my wife and I kind of have a running joke. Um, so her originally, she went through probably three or four dogs as she was growing up, and they were all named Cocabella. Uh, and that is wow. regardless of whether it was a male dog, a female dog, just every dog she had was named Cocabella. Um, and then we kind of have this running joke where we're like, oh, we're going to name our kid Cocabella. And I was like, no, like if it's a boy, we can't name our kid Cocabella. And she's like, okay, we'll name him Cocabella, Cocabella Jack Bauer. And I'm like, okay, Jack Bauer. All right, whatever. And then so then it's become Cocabella Jack Bauer Solid Snake. And so at this point, rather than name our, our actual human child, Cocabella Jack Bauer Solid Snake, we're probably would would probably be more likely to name our next pet Cocabella Jack Bauer Solid Snake. So that would be where that would come from. It would be her original dog name plus Jack Bauer from 24 plus Solid Snake, who is one of my very all time favorite video game characters. You should, you should name your kid David Hayter. <laughs> you know, my dad's name is David, so I can just say I just named it after him. There you go. And then his middle name is Hater. That would just be messed up. A little bit. A little David Hater stare it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cocabella Solid Snake. Yeah, Cocabella yeah, Jack yeah. Bauer Solid Snake. Cocabella Jack Bauer <laughs> Solid Snake. Got it. Well, I could, well, you know, if uh, I had to name a pet based upon, like, a video game character or something like that, that uh, my parents wouldn't cringe over, <laughs> um, I probably would probably name it Rex, you know, like, from Mass Effect Pro- and stuff like that, because it's... Oh, okay. Cause or Metal you know. Gear. Or Metal Gear, yeah, there you yeah. go. Metal Gear Rex, or something like that. But, uh, it's either that, or just name it Garrus. <laughs> Damn it, Garrus! You're taking a poop on the floor again. <laughs> I actually <laughs> contemplated naming my dog Rex because he does resemble Metal Gear Rex. Because when he sits there and his ears are uh, like like limp, so yeah. they stick out from the side of his head and then they kind of like angle down like Metal Gear Rex would. Um, actually, what really reminded me of that was Gear Rex, uh, which was... Yeah. So in Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, uh, which was basically... Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker was basically a clone of Monster Hunter. Uh, to, to the point that there are secret missions in Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker where you are actually literally doing Monster Hunter missions. They've got the felines and you're fighting these creatures. And one of the creatures is Gear Rex, which is a giant Tyrannosaurus dinosaur looking thing that basically is modeled after Metal Gear Rex. And so this was, he's got the little hanging things off of the side of his head, which basically represent the, the, the hanging part of Metal Gear Rex. And so whenever my dog would look at me straight ahead with his ears kind of flopped down, he looked just like Metal Gear Rex. So I was going to actually want to name him Rex. (laughs) That's awesome. Or, of course, I can just go down to the default, like, Cocabella, like, uh, 
Coco Bella, Jack Bauer, Solid Snake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I had to say that once to my parents when we ever get a new animal or something to see what the reactions are. Coco Bella, <laughs> Jack Bauer, Solid Snake. If, if you named your child that, would it be like hyphenated or would it just all be like one word? No, it, it would have be, to be. It would have to be all words. <laughs> all one He's word. got literally five names for this child. He's going to be confused. It's, it's all intercap though. Like you have to like if you were making a hashtag and you were like capitalizing the first letter of each word, it would be the same thing, just all one word. There you go. Okay. <laughs> CBJBSS. There you go. Does that exhaust our pet naming after video game characters question? Yes. Uh yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, I think Coco Bell, Jack Bauer, Salt Snake that's, takes the cake on that, that one. That is a winner. Gable's your <laughs> turn. Okay, now let, let's see. I'm just looking up on the list right now. What in the world could I possibly go through here? Uh, video game weaknesses. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. So let's see here. Weaknesses and pertains to what precisely? Like, uh, When I type the question is as far as like uh, when you like say you watch a trailer for a game, like something that kind of like, like it kind of tickles your fancy is like, Bought, I'm sold. All right, that's all I need to see. Like, it could be like a minor thing, it could be a big thing. I don't know. It could be a, jo- a genre in particular. It could be a, something about the game. That's kind of what I had when I, uh, when I my type of question. Okay, out. so in that case, there are a couple weaknesses that I personally have experienced while trying to play video games. And here's a good example. Like earlier on last week, I tried playing Resident Evil Six. I went through the first chapter of that, and the first thing that striked me <laughs> as a weakness for a video game is boring. Just boredom in general, especially well, no, I, like it, an action type of things. What? 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 I meant your own personal like weakness. Like what? What makes you? Oh, want to buy a game. Oh, like when you watch. Yeah. Oh, like something that like it. It just it it caters towards you. Like, it, it, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I pretty much missed that from the mark. Well, anyway, yeah. what makes me want to buy a video game for exactly <laughs> when I want to and stuff is if it appeals to me like on a good. <laughs> <laughs> like a good basis level, you know. Like if it has, if it's something that I already know that I'm going to like, I'm more than likely going to okay. buy it. Like it's if it's like a 3D platformer that has like various type of level design things I'm familiar with. Like say for example, Ukulele. It's more similar to Banjo Kazooie. I like Banjo Kazooie. It's one of my favorite games in the N64. So of course I'm going to buy Ukulele. Another thing I like is uh, if it's something this is completely new and fascinating that sort of reminds me of like good adventure games or something like that like Horizon Zero Dawn like what Tyler's played I definitely do want to play that at one point let's see oh boy it's well another weakness that I would have is if there's like a video game sale or something like that and uh, if there's yeah. a good game or something that I know that I can get for like for cheap, like twenty dollars or fifteen, where it's like forty or something, I will jump on that. Especially if it's a game sort of like Doom, where I didn't buy it full sixty dollars. I got it for like about twenty or something for the PS4 back when uh, that game was going on sale, like during the summer. Well, definitely those sales stuff. Hell, even like the PSN flash sales on the PS4. Sometimes I may like delve into from time to time. Because some of them can be discounted pretty severely, too. Like, I got Knack for, like, about $5 or something like that. It's like, hey, you know what? I know this game is shit in comparison to some other people's opinions and stuff, but I have an interest in wanting to play this, so $5 is a good entry point. And it's probably worth 5 bucks. Yeah! Yeah. 
That's so I picked up Watch Dogs for ten dollars. I was like, yeah, this kind of got panned, but for ten bucks, I bet it's worth ten dollars. I bet so. Watch Dogs is an okay game. It was okay. It was worth ten bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't worth sixty when I paid for it. Well, and so far, you know, it's Knack uh, is a lot more exciting than say playing through the first chapter of Resident Evil Six. So it's worth <laughs> five bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's pretty uh, much what I look for. So my video game weakness, I I like to have my games grounded in reality. Um, you I've go. you know come to the realization that that I don't. I guess my imagination is not what it used to be, and so I'm not necessarily usually drawn in by like fantasy style games or games that that you know have uh, kind of fantastical origins. Um, I think of some of my favorite games. I like. Uh, simulation racing um originally uh i was huge into flight simulators and we're talking like actual like uh falcon 3.0 was my favorite uh, flight simulator back in the day which was like oh, super hyper realistic uh, i mean the the manual for that game was probably thicker than you know the king james bible just freaking <laughs> massive um, you go through and, the different sequences or something. Or like, insane, yeah. Like, I mean, you're running your landing gear, your ILS. I mean, like, I probably, you know, would have fared all right trying to pilot an actual F-16 back in the day. <laughs> I probably lost most of that knowledge now, and I wouldn't even attempt it now. But, like, that, that kind of stuff gets me. Um, we're talking, like, Metal Gear. Like, even though Metal Gear is, like, crazy fantastical, it definitely has some grounding in reality. Uh, you know, a lot of military. And then, I mean, they've even gone as far as retconning a lot of the fan- fantasy out of it. It, you know, and explaining it away with uh, nano machines and stuff like that. So um, I, I just I just tend to be more drawn to games that have more of a, a grounding in reality. If you look at like Destiny, Destiny never really appealed to me. Like the, the fantastical setting, the sci-fi setting wasn't anything that was big on me. Uh, however, The Division, when it first came out, was something that totally intrigued me because this is more it's it's almost the same game but grounded in reality. Of course, I never played that game, and I actually have no intention of playing that game anymore. But that was definitely the Destiny game that that had my interest um the ghost recon game that just came out similarly uh you know i feel like those games yeah i feel like those games fall short on my criteria for for being a good quality game and therefore i may or may not ever play them but the premises of them being grounded in reality have been have made them more appealing than other games that may be a higher quality game but I just can't see myself playing them. That's probably a lot of the reason why I haven't played the Mass Effect games because, um, you know, like, as much as I, you know, I like the the story and everything, which I hear is amazing, uh, sci-fi is just not my favorite genre. So, like, I, I, my weakness is I, I feel like most of the things that I attach onto have to be at least somewhat grounded in reality. Okay. Um, well, then, for me, uh, mine's probably the indie games with the unique art style. That's a good one. Uh, if, yeah, if you if you guys uh, if anybody listened to our, our podcast, especially um, the last like half of 2016, I bought a shit ton of like indie games that were like that these really cool looking art styles Unraveled. and Unraveled was one uh, that I mean like so Justin that was his number two game of the year, which is still bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Justin. Fuck you. Uh, that's fake news. Everyone goes um, Oh, God. Everybody goes to Rapture, yeah. Uh, there's just one game, like, out all night that, like, I, I watched a trailer, and it was, like, this crazy music and art, and I'm like, in, and that game was, I played that game for 45 minutes, and it was one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. The Letter. Um, I said, what? The Letter? The Letter, yeah. <laughs> fuck that game. That Wii U uh, game that you fucking... It is... 
complete beat within the span of an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been a few out there that I mean, and it's something. It's it's very much hit or miss. A hyperlight drifter. When oh man, that game is fucking Zelda Souls. Basically, um, that game is fantastic. That that art style uh, got got me right, right away. Um, but that's mine. Uh, easily, I that I feel like though it's it's hit more than it's missed. I'm looking at games like Braid, Journey, Limbo, um, things like that. It uh, the, the highs are definitely better than the lows, uh, but that is definitely mine. Uh, luckily, these games are like usually fifteen to thirty dollars instead of sixty dollars titles. Have you ever yeah, played? That is mine. Have you ever played Counter Spy? Uh, I no, I haven't, but I think I. Was it was it a PS Plus game? Because I think I have it. I don't know if it was PS Plus. I actually got it when it came out. Uh, I actually won it in a GameSpot giveaway. But oh, uh, that's go. a game. That's an indie game that has a tremendous art style. Uh, the guy who des- uh, did the art in that game actually worked on The Incredibles, uh, the Disney movie. Uh, and you can definitely tell the influence is there, like, from the start. Uh, but the premise is, like, you're, like, this spy who's going in to try and infiltrate both the U.S. and the Soviet Union because uh, they're in this race to blow up the moon for some strange reason. And you're in there trying to steal their plans and thwart their their efforts to uh, have this arms race to blow up the moon. Uh, it's it's procedurally generated, but it's it's really cool, kind of stealth, sneaking around these these levels. Great art oh. style, great comedy. It's it's really actually super dope. Is, it, is the main character like uh, a girl with blonde hair? No. it's uh, You're oh. kind of nondescript. I mean, I think it's a guy, but you can't really tell because like his face is obscured mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. It's a really good game, uh, and it'll probably pop up on some PSN sale here or there. I definitely recommend checking that out if you get a chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm like I said, it's a weakness of mine. So, uh, yeah, that's my answer. Um, but I think we're gonna do one more. Yeah, then we're call one the show. last question. Okay. Make uh, it a good one. Oh man, don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> I can't handle. I can't handle the pressure. Um, okay. Uh, worst video game cliche. So kind of go along. What's uh, what's something that you see in a game uh, that it's an instant turn off? Or something in the game that even you do like that you just you, you hate that it's there. Oh, okay. okay. Towers, climbing towers to unlock the map. Uh, I yes. think that's been super okay, overdone yeah. of late. Uh, I mean, Zelda has it. Fuck you, Ubisoft. I think Zelda's probably the best or least. Uh, egregious in the fact that yeah it unlocks the map but it doesn't give you like a million little checkpoints and things to do once it does that like it's up to you to go and look around you physically and see what catches your interest and maybe set some checkpoints for yourself but uh, I feel like that's been overdone Uh, and yeah Ubisoft is definitely the origin of that I mean Mm -hmm. to the point that like when you played uh, what's it uh, what's the driving game the run? No. no the run. What was it? The freaking uh, Ubisoft driving. Uh, da, 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 they went. They go across the world like two other. Yeah, all the, the way across the country. Hours. Anyway, like that oh, had freaking towers, like that you had yeah. to use to unlock the map. That's ridiculous for a driving <laughs> game to basically have towers. Uh, so yeah, that's the cliche that I would d- destroy if given the opportunity. Okay. Gables, do you have one or do you want me to go? Oh, you know what? I think I'll go for this one because there's a... When you play, like, enough, like, Japanese RPGs, there's there's all these cliches that just come forth if you play enough of them. One of them is, like, if you're the chosen one, like, foreseen from a prophecy and stuff like that, like, uh, mm-hmm. an ancient evil comes out every, like, a hundred... Like a, every a hundred years or something like that, or it's been dormant or something for a thousand or something like that. 
it's it's based. So you hate Zelda? Well, no, 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 no. I didn't say I hate <laughs> Zelda. I say I hate the cliche of oh, hey. <laughs> You're the chosen one that has to go and fight this ancient evil or something like that. Oh, here's one of my favorite ones. It's when, like, the main protagonist's, like, village or home was destroyed or something by, like, some sort of enemies or something like that. And you have to go out and just try to defeat, like, the, <laughs> the bad guy or something like that. Or here's one, and this is probably the most cliched RPG mechanic. Amnesia. The main character loses um. their memory. And they have to go through and learn, and, like go and find out, meet different people in order to recover their memory. I mean, that's just man, you're really gonna hate Breath of the Wild. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You just described Breath of the Wild. Check. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. That's there too. Check. Like oh, and it. towers, dude. I like how just symbolically I'm just naming a bunch of RPG cliches that I've gone through but playing RPGs and all of a sudden I just accidentally just nail a bunch of the points from Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, also the crew yeah. is the game. Okay. Yeah, 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 I just looked at <laughs> that. Okay. Yeah, the crew. Um, so they're continuing on with the Breath of the Wild hate. Um, my, we're, we're, I really hate we're all games. finding ways to, to make Breath of the Wild full of all of the worst gaming cliches even though it's shaping up to be one of the best games of all time. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. But uh, I, I, a broad one for me is that every game nowadays has to be open world. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a bad one there. Yeah, it's worked out sometimes, you know, with Horizon and then Metal Gear Solid 5. I was really concerned about Metal Gear Solid 5 being open world, but that obviously was fantastic. Um, but to kind of more narrow it down to one thing, uh, inventory management. Yeah. And it's a big turnoff. That's why another one. Does the games, <laughs> uh, which you spend a lot of time, yeah, and... Uh, um, Breath of the Wild dealing with man, um, dealing with the inventory screen. Actually, I, I, that's I hate that. Um, and uh, Break- No Man's Sky. That was a, that was a breakable weapon. The biggest turnoffs to No Man's Sky for me was uh, you spent more time dealing with your inventory screen than you were actually playing the game. So that's be, a good one. Probably mine. Yeah. Uh, fuck No Man's Sky. Did you hear me? And, did you hear uh, me also- throw in the breakable weapons into cliches that probably yes! need to go away? <laughs> Yes, like that's that's what's crazy about Breath of the Wild. There's like, we just it's like, got all so our, many marks against it. Yeah, and we still like it. It's it's fucking weird, man. Every, literally everything we just said about worst game you say they do, and we still like well, it. right? So. Well, to defend it from this point and stuff like that, it pretty much has done it in such a way where it's not as obtrusive or not as like say recognizable. For example, if you're getting enough weapons or something that. Uh, throughout defeating enemies and stuff that kind of neutralizes the whole oh hey they're breakable weapons and this and so forth and stuff like that and say if say the main character has amnesia or something they put it in a way where it's actually kind of interesting and not sort of a bland mechanic that'll just play in later on you know there's there's always exceptions to the rules there's a catch 42 there's always an exception there's always a exception to the rules but yeah Um, anyways yeah so long story short Zelda is the best game ever made with all the worst cliches in video game history (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Store dry mouth. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be the uh, show for the week. Hi, Louie. That worked out super that. well. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all found out we hate Breath of the Wild. So um, Justin's so pissed off, pissed off us right now. We so love to hate him. He's rolling yeah, in his just grave. Kidding. I wish he was here right now. Actually, probably would have, I would have a black eye right now if he was here. <laughs> um, especially with the weed comment earlier. Uh, but anyways... Uh, 
thank you guys so much for listening to us this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, kind of a different show. Now my cat's in here. What the fuck? No way, Tony. He's got it. Um, he's got a menagerie. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, we're on Facebook. We have a page and group. It is uh, Drunk uh, Drunk Dash Nerds on there. Um, on Twitter, we are Drunk Nerds Pod. So uh, follow us on there. On YouTube, we are Drunk Dash Nerds. Uh, so subscribe. And on Twitch, uh, it is uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. I look at that one for a second. Follow. Follow us on there. Did I get it? Yes. Did I get it? Because I had no help at all there. Yeah. That's two weeks in a row I got it, guys. Follow the ginger. Forget, we're getting there, guys. Getting there. Uh, so anyways, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. I'm Troy. And this has been Colonel Gable. So until next week, everyone, stay safe. Happy gaming. And get yourself a fucking switch. What the hell are you doing? And Come on. Get yourself, and get yourself a glass... Get yourself a glass screen protector for that switch. Yeah. And and, and don't drink and drive. Definitely don't drink and drive. Yeah, it's bad. Drink and drive is bad. Okay. Because that's no good. Anyway. Sexual harassment. See everyone. Episode 200 incoming next week. Holy shit. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number